Yo, it's hold on actually. Let me fix my mic. Is that better? Okay. Question. Does anyone have a problem with gluttony like I do? Okay. Let me explain because you're probably wondering what I'm talking about. All right, today. I and I told the boys about this in the chat earlier. I made this rice dish that my mom makes um occasionally sometimes and it's Italian. It's really delicious. Well, I make it. It's sitting on the plate and it's piping hot. And I'm telling myself, just don't eat it. Wait 15 minutes for it to cool, and then you can just shove it down your gullet. But do I do that? Answer, no, of course not. I don't do that. I eat it immediately, and now Birdie has second-degree burns, like, all over his mouth. And it's just obnoxious. Like, I have no self-control. It's ridiculous, especially with food. And, like, I've lost 90 pounds this year, you know. That's an accomplishment I'm proud of. I guess what I'm saying is, no matter how much weight I lose, I'm still a fat person at heart. I almost said a fat. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. Let's get to the show. So today's show is awesome. It's one of my favorite episodes we've done in a long time, even though we haven't been doing the show that long. Whatever. You know what I mean. We have an interview with our first guest today. It's a great interview. Uh, really awesome. And uh, yeah, it's we actually talk about hockey quite a bit gets a quite a bit more coverage than it normally does on the show so that's awesome and uh let's start the show episode of stone sports my name is bert aka bertrude stein i have with me as all bertrude stein what the fuck is up and me showed up me that was a great one what up yeah i know i've been saving that one for a minute (laughs) i couldn't think of any other famous gertrude so i just went i'm so sad i didn't think of that yeah i know right i thought of it a couple weeks ago and i was like sit on that one bro that was really good all right so uh how was the uh the week so far i know it hasn't been that long since we talked but yeah i mean not bad we got a (laughs) Got a good bit of snow yesterday. That kind of sucks. My feet were wet during work. But... Yeah, we're about to get a shitload tomorrow, like 10 inches. I'm going to warm up here, and I'm angry about it. I really, I, I need to move. <laughs> yeah, bro, just move out to the East Coast with us. Come and on. Then you can give it a couple of years, and you'll be bad about it like we are. Yeah, exactly. Then move to Florida <laughs> or Arizona. Well, don't move to Florida. Or Arizona. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we're gonna we're <laughs> sticking to sports. sports. We're sticking to sports. We're sticking to sports. We're not going down that road. So uh, let's. Oh, I just I was talking about heat. Like I. Yeah, Florida, dude. Florida is. I was talking about the people. Yeah, me too. <laughs> wow. Exactly. Wow. Florida, the heat is oppressive. The is the only word for it. Like it's oppressive because the humidity yeah. is so goddamn high. Like it's yeah. I don't understand Florida. If you're like, it's so beautiful. I'm like, really? Because this is just a giant swamp. It's hot, sticky. <laughs> I I I hate it. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have Phoenix, which you like walk outside and it's like getting smacked in the face, like because it's just so hot. Yeah, I've, like no, I've never been there, but I've heard that it's like brutal. Yeah, Meech is a well-known Disney World fan, though. Well, actually, no, I'm not. I. <laughs> I like Disneyland. That's what I meant. Sorry. I always yeah. mess them up. Disney Because Disney World's not as good. Uh, you should have your own podcast where you like do tier ratings of theme parks. I don't, I don't well, see, put it, Just put I it don't on the really... channel. I'll endorse it. Okay. Yeah, right. I don't love theme parks, though. I just like Disney. I don't either, but we'll tier list something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should do a whole episode of like a, of tier lists like of all kinds. But, uh, okay, baseball, go. Uh, first of all, I don't like being hurried. Um, so <laughs> calm down. Uh, I just had uh, Oakland uh, traded Elvis Andrews uh, from the, no, traded for Elvis Andrews, sorry. 
Hi. I fucking um, tweeted about that. Forgot to put it in my notes because I'm a fucking stone idiot. Yeah, well, I just fucking had a seizure mid sentence, so you know we're all about that. But starting out strong for... here. Yeah, <laughs> this beautiful Wednesday. <laughs> just cue our music. Just just play our music for this whole episode. Uh, cue the Oakland... What? There it is. <laughs> So I've noticed I do that all the time, but he always says it right as I'm like looking at my notes and like <laughs> what I'm about to say. You always get some quick word in there so that I have to like stop. And then it's not, like, you know how when you ask a question, you're like, hey, what'd you say? But you you and then like they start saying it, you're like, oh, yeah, I heard that. I don't that doesn't happen. I, I didn't hear it. So then I have to say what? Like I, I try yeah, to process the information. What geeks you out is you say it the same way every single time. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> you just I said cue. I said cue the Lou because Lou Vega is the yeah artist who makes our intro. Our intro. Cue the Lou. Oh. I thought you meant Lou Bamba. No, Lou Vega. <laughs> just as good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Oakland trades for Elvis Andrews. That was a fucking tangent. Uh, from the Rangers for Chris Davis. Andrews is under contract till the Chris Davis. That's still serviceable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and is owed twenty eight million. Uh, Chris Davis with a K is a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, Red Sox missed out on Marcelo Zula. I wasn't yeah. super high on getting him anyway. I know a lot of people were. Uh, he returned to the Braves on a four-year, $64 million deal. Braves did lose Adam Duvall. He had 16 home runs last year in a shortened season. He went to division rival Marlins. So Marlins get a good bat in Duvall. He hits well for power, but his contact is leaves room to be desired. Yeah, regained prominence really in Cincinnati and then had a decent year with the Braves again yep. as well. So, yeah, they get a big power bat. I like that signing, bringing back Ozuna. Like I said, I think we've talked about it before. The Braves, uh, one of the best teams in the league as far as I'm concerned. Everyone's looking elsewhere for the Dodgers competition. Dodgers, as we know, are favorites to repeat. I looked it up yesterday. I was going to place a futures bet on them. Didn't get good enough odds so moved on from that but dodgers favorites to repeat i think braves in the nl get disrespected especially with like the flashing moves that the padres have made but make no mistake about it i'm scared of the Braves. flashy moves the padres have made you guys make flashy moves too it's not just the padres i mean we signed bauer like they they did a whole bunch of stuff bud they signed fucking uh they traded for snell what else they traded for Snell. They traded for Musgrave. They traded for another. Musgrave is pitcher. okay. I mean, I'm not saying, but they, they've been a flurry of activity. They've been the only really super active team in the offseason. Uh, and a lot Mets, of people are like, oh my God, they're so good. The Mets, you just got a vendetta against the Padres. I have a vendetta <laughs> against the Padres because they think they're the shit. And yet they can't, they're like the little brother that you just keep punking. So, I mean, they're, they're, everyone was talking like they have a great rotation. Then we have three Cy Youngs. So suck it, Padres fans. Anyway, go ahead. I've got no, no scratch on that one. Yeah, right. Uh, Jonathan <laughs> Villar was signed by the Mets. Uh, Mets also reportedly interested in your boy Justin Turner. And uh, Dodger went to the dark side for you, Mage. Jake McGee leaves the Dodgers for the Giants on a two-year deal. Uh, decent reliever. His best days are behind him, but still a good piece of the bullpen. In uh, Red Sox lose, Jackie Bradley Jr. expecting a four-year deal. Uh, wants money like Marcelo Zuna got. I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, he's a few months older than Ozuna. I get like not, 50, though. Not nearly the bat, but yeah. Still a generational defender, and yeah, like you said, Mason, I think he'll be somewhere in a four-year 50 ballpark, yeah, four-year 45, something like that. I think that's good value for both both sides, honestly. It's weird. I saw a picture of that's JBJ and Benny. You got to rip my heart out right now? <laughs> you trying to do that? There's other Red Sox news. Benintendi's coming. <laughs> yeah. RIP. Benny Biceps, RIP, The Flow. It was coming back this year. It's 
Wind dance repeat is dead, boys. 2017's gone. The outfield that we loved is no more. No moss. Elfin. Elfin. <laughs> yeah, we got Frankie Cordero from the Royals. He struggled with injury issues, was hailed as a decent prospect with speed and pop. He's never lived up to that, mainly because of the injuries. Uh, he hasn't gotten the at-bats that he needed to to develop properly. Not really the return I wanted to get for Benintendi, but we're hopping behind it. Franchise Cordero is landing in Boston soon. Benintendi's heading to the Royals, and who else was involved in that deal? There's a, uh, a bunch too, of right? lesser known names, really. I, I, well, I there's mean, a third team. Yeah, the Mets. Right, the Mets. My bad. Yeah. The Mets got uh, Prospect Khalil Lee, center fielder for the Royals. Yeah. I that mean, was... Not, not... Not too big of a deal, but it, it will be interesting to see was how piece. franchise Cordero does with his physical, as we all know, Boston stickler for physicals. We um, want to make sure everyone's healthy in this yeah. pandemic-stricken world. That yeah, is Bruce Stark Gutterall looked pretty healthy in the World Series last year. He might have been in the World Series, but he might not have been in spring training. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Don't bitch. Yeah, you, you got the best Turner... fucking po- the second best player in baseball and you got a fucking World Series out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't bitch. And we got Bruce Dargutterall. I mean, I'm happy to have him. All right. You guys passed that up, and I was like, I'll take him. We need some hard throwing bullpenners. Like, I was happy to have him. He looked good all postseason. We've got honestly. Adam Odovino from <laughs> <laughs> Say that with a little bit more. Say with a little bit more (laughs) zest. (laughs) We just signed uh, someone from Japan. We'll be all right. Don't you worry about the Red Sox. Don't you worry about the Red Sox. I didn't see see Turner was interested in the Mets, but that's where we got him from. And he didn't do so hot there. So it's interesting he wants to go back there. I think he's just trying to get a contract right now. And... Honestly, I know he's a he's a. I'm pretty sure Dodgers. he'll end up back with the Dodgers. We'll see. I mean, they're they're inquiring if he wants four years. I don't think they want to give him four years, and with good reason. He hasn't been healthy the last couple of years, um, and so I think we offered him a two year deal. He wants a four year deal. It's really gonna be his last contract, so he's trying to get cash in. Um, but we'll see where he goes. We shall see. We shall see. Anything else you want to talk about with baseball dubs? Uh, just quick R.I.P. Billy Canigliara, brother of Tony Canigliara, Red Sox legend. Yeah, R.I.P. Resting in peace. Moment of silence. Okay. On to NBA. Yeah, let's do it. Take us there, Skitch. What? I said take us there, Skitch. <laughs> Mark Cuban says Mavericks didn't cancel the national anthem. Everyone says they did. Mark Cuban says no. I'm a big Mark Cuban guy, but if everyone's saying you did something, you probably fucking did it. Uh, League says every team must play the national anthem, and uh, that's where we land on that. Yeah. He said, she said, that seems to be over already. We'll probably never hear about it again. I don't know, man. I don't really, like, you know, I'm not disrespecting the national anthem. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't make sense to me to play it at every single I've always said that. You know, like it, like in the championships, that's fine. If it's like an international competition, I get it. But like, I, I don't understand it at every game. Like, I hate that as much as I hate God me. bless America. I yeah, hate I'm God with you. It's a good time to go grab your last beers before the game starts. If you're yeah. like at the event or like yeah. go grab a fucking hot dog. But that's I mean, speaking of. Do you so you eat at the at the games? You have. To. A, occasionally right, right. not every time but most times i know people would be like no i'm not doing that shit you know and they'll like get food before the game and it's like dude i like to, i like to get food outside of it like if, if i go to like a red sox game i'll stop and get like something on the street from like one of the street vendors right that makes sense but i'm just saying like, that's, that's kind ballpark, of the same thing like, though get a fucking right. hot dog or some nachos like there's nothing quite like that just yeah, you gotta of, get yeah. a Dodger dog if you gotta get a Fenway game. Frank, which is way better than a Dodger dog. So you can fuck off. Uh, okay, yeah. As you're <laughs> sitting behind a fucking column, I'm sure it is. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big I, – I get stuff every time I go, even though it's crazy expensive and probably not as good as anything you could get before. It's just like the atmosphere there, and yeah. I just don't care. I don't go to enough games to make it worth a damn. Like I remember growing up in Bakersfield, I used to go to the Condors games all the time, and we would eat before oh! we went there. So like we would go for there, but like I, I, but like if I go to like a real game, like a real like yeah, major are you saying the event, Condors aren't a real franchise, just like the Kings? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, uh, actually, I was watching my new team, the Oilers, and oh my uh, god, here we go. His new and team. Someone fair weather ass fan hold on, shit hold on, is garbage. Hold on. Hold on. Someone on that team played with the Condors because they said Bakersfield. And I was like, holy shit, I heard that. Um, also, they have the German dream. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I've only placed like, you know, four, four or five large-ish bets on the Oilers and they've covered all of them. So I've kind of embraced them. I mean, like also, I said, dude. On when I get on my exercise bikes, so I usually watch them. You could just clean up on the overs on an Oilers game all the time because it's going to be I don't, like I don't 10 goals over. a they game. Just win. <laughs> they just win money. <laughs> I'm just saying, you can make a lot of money that way. All right, <laughs> tangent over. Let's get back to basketball. Let's get the sh- train back on the tracks. Oh, we'll get to hockey. Run away, uh, Carmelo Anthony passed Oscar, Oscar Robertson for 12th on the all-time scoring list. Uh, he's not far behind place, which is Hakeem the Dream, Olajuwon. All-time great. Melo getting up there in age, but we'll see how far he can climb on the list. Utah Jazz have won 16 of their last 17, continue to be one of the hottest teams in basketball. But despite that, the Celtics have the best record in the NBA at 20 and 5. Moving from the Celtics <laughs> to division rival, piece of Kyrie Irving. Sometimes your Boston mentions are just miserable. Like, Why? You They're just not miserable. We're doing for no goddamn reason. We're tw- we have the best record in the NBA. What does that mean? No reason. Uh. <laughs> you know who does it? The Lakers. It's exhausting, isn't it? We'll get there when we win the championship. LeBron will we'll at see least you there. A good fight. Yeah, I, yeah. We'll see if you can get out of the juggernaut that is the East. We thing will. We year. will be totally fine because the <laughs> Nets are struggling. Kyrie says they look very average right now. Carl Anthony Towns starting again after a COVID diagnosis a few weeks ago. Uh, it's good to see him back on the floor. Uh, like we said a few episodes ago, he, he had a lot of family members pass away this year to COVID. So it's nice to see him get over it and get back on the floor. Um, Bucks seem to have righted the ship. They were sliding in the power rankings and their record was sliding the last couple of weeks or so, but they've won their last six. And they've climbed back up to be one of the best teams in the stacked Eastern Conference that Meech likes to talk about. <laughs> oh, dear. Like, the West is way more loaded than the East. <laughs> I don't know. It has been for years. I don't watch basketball, so I don't fucking know. I mean, we've seen, actually, some more talent migrate to the Eastern Conference. We have, but, but the West is still But the West better. is just so stacked. I mean, you have the Jazz The and... Blazers skip in as, like, a seventh seed every year. Like, they're Yeah, you have the team. Jazz and the Nuggets and the Blazers, who are all, like, second-tier teams in the, the West and would be championship teams in the, in the East. Yeah. But that's all I have for fucking basketball. We can kick it to NHL. We will start off with the Bruins and the Rangers. <laughs> all right, let's just get it out of the way. Let's hear the nonsense. It's going to spew from your mouth. Rangers defense played well. Oh, wow. Your goal, your goalie played better than I thought he would. He made saves I didn't think he would make. Oh, wow. However. He's going to be nice for once. Tukaras stood on his fucking head because he's the best goalie in hockey. Except how Pasternak about when he... had about... a double post shot that should have been a fucking goal on the power play with a gun on 2-1 in the second, but you guys got given a gift there. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say to you, but then I, I I got distracted by work. I was like, dude, at this point, I don't even care who wins because this game has been dope as shit. It was really good. I turned it on right when I got off and was about to hop on the exercise bike. And uh, it was it was, it was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah, Panarin got hurt. And then Brad took a run at him like the piece of shit he is. Brad? Yeah, Brad. He would never. <laughs> he fucking did. And that, by the way, should have been a penalty, but it wasn't. 
Panera just fell over. Panarin didn't fall over. Panarin had been clearly injured. He played like 10 minutes in the entire game. And then he's out I think on he the was ice. And, okay, sure. I'm sure he <laughs> I mean, faking. did you notice did you notice it happen after he got the puck stolen from him and allowed a uh, shorthanded goal? No, that's he, he did that's, allow a shorthanded goal. He did allow a shorthanded goal. That's true, but his pocket got picked. Yeah, but you know, it's it's the same thing. Chris I've been Wagner saying. put that bitch in. He it's was like, like whoop, fucking. Uh, it's just uh, you know, it's a young <laughs> team, but like it's it's kind of crazy to see a bunch of rookies playing that well. You know, I mean, like look at like the not well enough to win, like, but they did all well. Rookies, and uh, I mean, you know, they've only played like eight games, and they look that good. I mean, to be able to stand up against people like Pasternak and Bergeron and and hold your own like that, that's. That's kind of wild to see. And it's just fucking unfortunate that the bread man is in. And Tuka's a goddamn brick wall. Yeah, I mean, I said it to you before. Like, it literally happens all the time. It doesn't matter who you play. I'm going to be honest with you, man. If it wasn't for him, I really don't think the Bruins would be where they are right now. Like, and I don't, I don't, don't even mean that people as People don't give Tuka... No, people don't give Tuka Rask the respect he deserves. He's yeah, one of the best goalies in hockey, and nobody fucking treats him that way. Yeah, because like, and the media here consistently tries to run him out of town. I mean, dude, I'll be honest with you. I think that's like any big city. Like any time a team, you know, a player makes one mistake, the media just runs him. Out. Like likes to make a villain. You know, like they get clicks that way. So I just feel like that happens like everywhere. But I mean, I mean to, to foreshadow a little bit, we talked about that with uh chris carter in our interview too he was talking about that with tomlin yeah right right yeah we will get to that interview very shortly here but the last point that i have to make about it is like you when you hear announcers and they consistently said it tonight and they say it all the time when i watch the bruins play like oh they're a come from behind team you're only ever a come from behind team if your goalie keeps you in the game like the Oilers, to throw it back to me, are never a come from behind team because their goddamn goalie can't keep them in the goddamn game. No, but it doesn't matter because they just put up fifty points a game, and that's yeah. that's what we talk about. Dude. <laughs> but, they're, but they're eight and seven. We're not going down this rabbit hole again. It's second place. You're shitting. They have double the wins that you guys have. They're in second oh. place. I don't know why you're shitting all over them. I don't know why you're defending them so hard. You're not even an Oilers fan. You're a Kings fan. Well, they've at least won I, in the at chat. He adopted the Oilers. Yeah, because he's a fair weather of fan. Money. <laughs> I told him it was a bitch money. move to pick the team with the best player and just call it his. I mean, it's it's a bitch move regardless because it's a fair weather ass fan shit. It's like, oh, my team's not doing well. I'm not going to support him now. I'm just going to go root for the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> in, all, in all fairness, I'm not Leave a, to a Lakers hockey fan. fan or I know, I know you're not. I'm sorry, basketball I'm fan to begin with. So I, I mean, it. literally I on my goddamn Twitter bio says Fairweather Kings and Lakers. <laughs> it does say that. All right, all's forgiven then. But no, I, I, I I'm. But really... we are going to be good next year because we have the top like draft prospect class apparently. No, you both of you keep saying that. No, you have the second best, but yeah, you do have Quentin Byfield if he comes up next year. I wouldn't be surprised if they give him another year to develop. Just to buy plane? Just because I mean, dude, that guy, if he his ceiling is so high. Like if he can yeah, put plus it. Plus I together, heard we're gonna get the German dream dry sidle, bro. I'm just kidding. I, yeah, okay. I was like, if that's a rumor, I fucking doubt that, dude. There's no way that's <laughs> no. happen. No, I just, I love it because he's German and I'm German. I just want to say for the next five years, I am so excited for the rivalry between the Bruins and the Rangers because I think it's going to be fucking gritty as shit. I can't wait to come in here and shit talk you on Mike every time we call each other. I mean, you say good. that, man, but you guys almost didn't win tonight. Don't act like it was easy for you. I'm not. No, I'm saying it. either way it goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's it's going to be fun. That's that's for sure. Um, so the Golden Knights are having COVID troubles. They are. Uh, yeah, the Knights joining uh, the Devils and player, the Sabres. They had one player added to the list. The list they're not adding is with the Devils and the Sabres. They are not canceling any games as of yet. Yeah, they shall yeah. enforce them to cancel anything. They're no, still they playing won't. against the Ducks as they, scheduled. No, I mean, 
if it's if it's just a couple of players, you're fine. It's when you like the Devils literally had in like they're one short of an actual full bench of a hockey game. That's how bad it was for the Devils. There were 19 players, and it's 20, I think. That's a full bench, right? Because you got four defensive pairings, so that's eight, and then four forward pairings of three, so that's 12. Yeah, 20. Wow, I did math on quick on math show. with Bernie. Yeah, math with Bert. There you go <laughs> with Bertrude Stein. Yeah, so the Devils are fucked. Also, I don't know. I think it's kind of bullshit. Like, cause there's you know the Devils and the and the Sabers are kind of holding their place in the division, but they're not playing any games. So it's like, yeah, that's kind of fucking whack. Is so? Here's a question. I heard this asked recently on another show. Do you think this Stanley Cup will be more legitimate than the like? covid bubble cup no i don't i don't i don't because if you have teams that don't finish all their games and then you're getting like point percentages instead of like actual win points or overtime loss points it's not as legitimate i feel like i feel like the last playoff was more legitimate but we'll have to see we have to see how it plays out i just wanted to know where you lie on that i just feel like it's not harder what it could be harder i guess but i just feel like it's a championship like no matter i i don't care if it's a short season i bet you yeah. if your team won a championship you would say it's a championship and like there yeah. were so many other different hurdles they had to do but it's always hard to win a championship i mean it just yeah. is and the stanley cup is you know famously you know described as the hardest trophy to win so i mean i guess either which way it's it's a legitimately hard fought battle and so we should give credit to the players there but Let's talk about the Canadians and the Leafs, which I also think that this has been one of the better rivalries of the season. Injury prone, bitch ass fraud. Carey Price was nine for nine on shot attempts in the first uh, first period, and after that, it fell apart. Uh, yeah, he's famous Toronto for had that, a goal in this. Yeah, he is. Toronto had a goal in the first and two in the second. Unless they put another one on at the end, but I didn't I see it. Final, I didn't see. I believe it. it was three one was the final. I'm not sure. All I know is like the interesting part about the Canadian division is or two. They each got another one in the last five minutes. Nice, nice. I mean, they're both hot teams, but like I was gonna say, the the interesting thing about the Canadian division is like you always kind of think this about the Leafs. You don't always think it about the Canadians, but I am thinking that this year because they just look ridiculous, but they're not playing anyone else, you know? So yeah. it's like most of the time the Leafs look great and then they go play like, you know, the Bruins or the Rangers and they just get like stomped on and you're like, all right, maybe they're not that good. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. And honestly, I think pretty fun to see those matchups when the playoffs come, you know, cause it's, you may have this team that, looks like hot shit and then they go up against a team from our division and they get fucking wrecked i don't know it's it's really interesting but austin matthews i mean that guy is ridiculous man bad mustache horrible horrible the worst mustache in professional sports it's really bad like it's really bad that guy (laughs) can fucking play hockey man it's ridiculous he's a new barber yeah, he does. I get it if it was the playoffs, you know, tradition and whatnot. But, bro, bro, why? Why is the mustache there? I'm not one to talk about good facial hair because I have none. And the one I, the small bit I do have sucks. But that mustache is terrible. Austin Matthews, come on the podcast and defend your mustache. All right, so uh, we want to get to this interview? Uh, Yeah, for sure. We'll put that in here uh like i said on the last episode if you didn't hear it uh we had our first guest chris carter with dk pittsburgh sports he's a pit beat writer host of locked on steelers podcast uh he knows everything you want to know about pittsburgh sports he was generous enough to give us time on super bowl sunday to sit down and answer some questions from us and he had some great answers we got a good 20 plus minutes from it and uh We hope you enjoy. All right, let's get to it. All right, Stone Sports listeners, we are here with our very first guest. He is a pit beat writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports. He is the host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Please welcome NFL analyst, Mr. Christopher Carter. What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me on the show. 
anytime, man. Thank you for doing it. We appreciate you taking the time. We won't try to take too much of it on the Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> but uh, we'll get right to it. What went wrong after 11-0 for the Steelers? <laughs> we jumped, <laughs> jumping right into the big Jumping question. right in. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it, it's going to be the thing that everyone's going to overanalyze over the next eight months, you know, however long it takes. You know, so it's February, so our first, you know, the first game will be September, so seven months. Um, right. But – to me, I, I think the Steelers got away from things that balanced their team early in the season. A few things. Uh, one, you saw that like through six or seven games, when they were winning those games, they had a they did have a rushing offense. They were at it. They were rushing for over 130 yards per game. Um, James Conner could be a factor. Benny Snell could be a factor, and that was working. But as the season wore on, um, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, and the offense, they went away from that. And and this isn't that's not something that's, you know, completely horrible and excusable that happens when the things that they were doing were more new wrinkles into the offense. They're going to lean on the things, especially in the tight game. Cause you look at the games that did it. Uh, it was, you know, the Ravens game, the Titans game, when, when, when push came to shove, Ben was like, we got to win these games. And they went to, and they would let him like, okay, we're going to just give you full control of the offense. But the problem was you needed to go back to him not having that and working the run game to make it a, a, a make it a full balanced offense for the Steelers. Um, and then you saw, you know, some of those games like when they played the Jaguars or when they played the the Cowboys, you know, and mm -hmm. it was kind of like, eh, you know, this is cool. They're getting W's, but they need to be a little bit more consistent with how they build their offense. And down the stretch, you just saw teams were like, we're not scared of your run game. You're not throwing the ball deep enough. We're just going to take away the short pass, and eventually you're going to keep making the mistakes that we'll bait you into, and that's what happened for the Steelers' offense. And then for the Steelers' defense, I mean, they got they were they just kept running. Yeah, it's just Devin Bush, as soon as he went out, they were a great run defense when he was in there, and then they weren't a great run defense when he wasn't. And uh, and they were compensating as best they could, but then eventually when you when you lose Bud Dupree on top of that, um, and then Joe Hayden was in the playoff game, it's – you know, it, it was just a situation. I think it's funny. People always talk about collapses, you know, with teams, but they don't acknowledge what led to those collapses. Was it that they just gave up? Because that's what people try to, you know, insinuate that it is. But it's, it's rarely that. There's a lot of factors that play into it. And, and to me, I think that Art Rooney's comments about we need to focus on the run game is the utter truth. And I think that that's, that's a good sign that at least the Steelers know that they, what direction they have to go in, whether or not Ben Roethlisberger is still with the team. That plays right into my, my question. That would be, how do you think the team replacing uh, OC Randy Fitchner and the o offensive line coach affect this offense going forward into next year? Uh, as you mentioned, I don't think most of us had questions about the defense. We saw the amount of injuries and like, you know, you could tell they were just obliterated on defense. And even then they still put up great fights. But the offense, how do you think those changes will go, go forward uh, from the offense? I mean, I think one thing that we're going to see is with Matt Canada in the offense, for those who don't know about Matt Canada, maybe you've heard this before, but to me, I think that Matt Canada is, it has a lot of different innovations that aren't being, that are, that, that, are, that would bring some new wrinkles into the offense. And that's what you started to see at the beginning of the season in those early games where the run was working, the Steelers were using a lot more motion. They were finding different ways to isolate specific defenders so that their run game could get working. But again, when, it's just something that a quarterback coach introduced to the offense. And it's something you barely worked on in a year where you didn't even have a real training camp. That's not easy uh, to, to right. make a mainstay of your offense with him as offensive coordinator. Now those things that were working early in the last season to get the run game going, they'll be a real part of the offense. And presumably the Steelers will probably have maybe one or two new offensive linemen and probably a new running back to, to carry the ball and uh, carry the load for the, for the offense. And, I think there will be a, a stronger focus to get them the ball and to run the ball and to protect the football rather than, you know, the way that they were turning the ball over this year. I, I still think the biggest problem the Steelers had late in the season, they were just turning the ball over too much. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's what you're looking for from Matt Canada. Feekner, one thing I think is unfair to Feekner that people often overlook is that this man, when he took the job in 2018, he thought he was getting the killer bees. You know, Le'Veon right. Bell, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger. Well, Martavis Bryant was still on the team, too. Sorry to interrupt Right. You. Well, they at least had an idea that he probably wouldn't be there. But still, uh, you know, even without Martavis Bryant, you get those three still guys haven't. and Juju. And, you know, you think, I'm rocking. Let's go. It's a plethora uh, of weapons. Exactly. But then 2018, what happens? Le'Veon Bell never shows up. 
and it's like, oh, snap, the best, the guy who was had the most yards from scrimmage in NFL history at that point when, when, he, when he had just chose not to show up for the Steelers, he was on a record pace of how many yards he was contributing per game. He doesn't show up. That's going to change your offense. And um, I still maintain if Le'Veon Bell had shown up in 2018, the Steelers not only make the playoffs, they win the division that year, and they would have had a, a, good, chance at, a good chance at a run. Um, and then 2019, you know, Antonio Brown implodes and you have to send him elsewhere. So now you're missing two of the killer bees. And then that was the season Ben's elbow goes out. So in a matter of one season, Randy Feekner's like, where is the superstar offense that I thought I was going to get? And I designed everything around. So again, I'm not making excuses for Feekner, but imagine you getting the, you getting your first opportunity to conduct an offense. And that's everything what happens gets pulled to you. out. The carpet gets right. pulled out from underneath you. Right. And, and again, this isn't me. Again, I'm not saying what was Randy Feekner. It's just, that that's a reality this team had. And another reality I think that a lot of people ignore about the Steelers, even go back the year before that, in 2017, everyone felt really good about the, the Steelers because you had Ben, you had you had you had Pouncy in his prime, you had uh Bell, Brown, and the big thing on defense was Ryan Shazier. In four straight in, in three straight years, you lose pillars to the team in Shazier on defense in 2017, Bell on offense in 2018, Brown on offense in 2019, and then Ben, ben that year as well. It is remarkable that we're still talking about this team like they have a chance. If you did that to any other franchise, go to the Saints and pull away Kamara and Thomas and Lattimore and Jordan, and they're not they're not competing. You go go to the Chiefs right now, pull away Mahomes and and, and Tyreek Hill and Tyron Matthew. That, that's not a, that's not a, they're not fighting right now. That's a testament to how I think the Steelers still are moving in the right direction. I know I went way off top way off topic with that no, with the question there. I apologize. I mean, it's a good awesome. point. I mean, I think I think no one doesn't see that that the Honey Badger totally changed his defense. And it's, I mean, like you said, like one person makes a difference, let alone taking away three key people. I mean, I think you really did see that over the last few years. And I think a lot of people acknowledge that in Tomlin's coaching was the best job he did last year, you know, with a shell of a team. I mean, he, he still just willed them to – a decent record. We know. talked to about we talked about it a couple episodes ago. It's nice to see Tomlin finally getting his due, like the last couple of years, because people have noticed that I feel like and have given it a testament to his coaching, and he's deserved that because he's been one of the best coaches in the NFL really since he came in. And the Steelers are consistently in the playoffs, like you said. It's if he did that to any other team, they wouldn't be in the position that they're in. Uh, and and that's the thing. Now, it's funny you say that. Um, where are you guys based? I'm sorry. I, I we're I, everywhere. So I'm a Pats <laughs> fan. He okay. is an Eagles fan in California. Yeah, I'm mostly LA, LA, but I chose the Eagles because uh, we didn't have an NFL team at that time. So no, no, I, I t- t- totally understandable. <laughs> uh, I went to Cheney, which so I, I went to college all around in Eagle Country. Um, but so like, you guys don't get the Pittsburgh scene everywhere else. Mike Thomas beloved, but in Pittsburgh there is a huge call to fire fire him. Every really? single season, yeah. they don't want to. Oh, oh, it is, it is through the roof, and I think that's why. Okay, that's. I wanted to make sure I preface that before we continue yeah. the conversation because I am seen as a Mike Tomlin defender. Like there are some people like you never criticize him. Like no, I criticize him for little things here and there, but I'm never saying he's the reason why they lost the game. He's a great people, coach, exactly. And pe- there are people legitimately saying in a game where Ben Roethlisberger threw four interceptions. And Marquise Pouncey snapped a ball over his head and gave up the touchdown. <laughs> that Mike Tomlin was at fault for that Brown playoff loss. You guys that's almost a, came back. It, it, they were eleven points away, and, yeah. and that's why I'm just like, like how how do people look at at the, at the Steelers situation and say, yeah, coaching's the problem? It, to me, there's a lot. The problem is there's a lot of people that don't want to admit when Ben Roethlisberger is at fault, and that's something that I've stood on the line for years uh, because I'm I'm a guy that. When the national media is bashing Ben while he's throwing five touchdowns, I'm like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, he played great this week. But when he has his five interceptions games, I'm sitting here and I'm like, he played poorly this week. And there's people in local media that are like, oh, no, he didn't do play poorly. <laughs> he threw well, five yards. About that. <laughs> and I'm just like – and that's the, the dichotomy that I'm in is that nationally there's there can't be recognition for Ben when he does well. Locally, there can't be recognition when he does poor. And I'm just like, can we just ad- admit – when he's good and when he's bad. And that would really help these conversations. But it never, I literally sat on a TV show once where I was talking to Mark Madden 
and, and Mark and I are, are, are good buddies. We, we talk about a lot of different stuff and we, and we, we acknowledge, we disagree, but there was a game where they tied the Browns two or three years ago. Ben Roethlisberger threw, I think, had five turnovers in the game. Five. I remember that game because Ben Roethlisberger was on my fantasy team. So, so you was hurting that game. I remember Blood that game. I'm, I'm talking with Mark on the show, and we were asked, who's, to, who's the biggest to blame for the Steelers not winning that game? Mark Madden legitimately said James Conner because he had one fumble while the Steelers were up two touchdowns and ran, while he rushed for over 100 yards in his first ever career start. And I'm like, how can't you look at the quarterback who had five turnovers and makes the most money on the team? And, and especially it, if your reasoning is that Connor fumbled the ball and turned it, it over. Exactly. If, if you're looking at one turnover and and skipping, especially the three that came after that from Ben Roethlisberger, and, and that's a constant thing that I have. I mean, after this Browns game, we're talking about Juju's TikTok dancing, what he said the Browns <laughs> is the Browns. We're talking about culture and Tomlin and this. And then I'm like, they turned the ball over too much. You can't have five turnovers in a playoff game and think you're going to win. It yeah. is just, it is, it, it could happen by a miracle, but you don't want miracles. You want consistency consistent play and they didn't get that out of, out of their offense. I think that's the thing that that the, in the Tomlin discussion, they try they've done everything to get they got Ben a primo running back, the best wide receiver in football for 6 years, a top 5 offensive line, very good secondary options at both running back and wide receiver. The Steelers never had a number 1 offense. The direction that I, and I think Tomlin gets this now. The direction this team needs to go is having an elite defense again like they did when he last won a Super Bowl and last made the Super Bowl and yep. a balanced offense that's decent but you can you don't you don't count on them to run up the score the way the Steelers have tried to with overloading their offense with talent. And to that point, like you guys, I, I, like I said, I'm a Pats fan. I wish we drafted receivers like you guys do. Every single oh year, God. you guys have new weapons that come in and produce <laughs> at a high level, like Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. Like they came out of nowhere. There's the, you, there's I'm the, an Eagles fan. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a great. Um, there was a great tweet from a Ravens fan during the season who said we could trade up for t- and get Deontay Smith in the draft at, in the top 10 and the Steelers would draft a guy out of junior college in the seventh round named Boo Boo Blanket and he'd be a better receiver. Yeah, it, it does feel like that. And there's times I'm like, OK, OK, they like like. I, I was I was like, you know, there's times like before when they drafted Martavis Bryant and I'm like, OK, he has some ce- high ceiling and then here he just comes contributing right away. And, and heck, I was all for getting J.K. Dobbins last year. I was like, man, that's the look. And when the second round pick came, I was like, this is it. And then they get Chase Claypool and immediately there was fire and outrage. And I'm like, listen, I feel you because I thought J.K. Dobbins was the better pick. But are you really going to trust going to test Kevin Colbert when he drafts a wide receiver? I'm not. And now look at Chase Claypool getting 13 touchdowns in his rookie season. Um, I mean, really, any of their drafts, they're just great at drafting. I feel like, I mean, look at that defense. They've rebuilt the defense because of the draft. I mean, they're, they're just good. Yep. They're good at it. And it's just, it's one of the things that people need to realize is that because the thing is that people are going to say, well, if they're so good, why haven't they won a Super Bowl since 2008? People don't realize how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. You yeah. need so many things I to mean, line up. And I, I think it's not that hard. Jesus. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I mean, but think about it this way. It took it took the Patriots 53 years to catch up to the Steelers. Yeah, it did. Like, you know, so, it did. so I mean, like, like but, but the thing is, is that, and I think the, the Patriots are going to find this out over the next 20, 30 years. Because, and I think the Patriots are still living in, and reveling in, we just got six in the last. 20 20 years oh like, we that's are that's amazing we are hey, hey. But, <laughs> but like over the next oh, as you start to see unless unless you get a Patrick Mahomes unless you get a superstar quarterback I, the Patriots fans are going to start reliving it like the way the Steelers fans do they're yeah. going to say well, you know we, why don't we have this right now and it's like dog it ain't easy Andy Reid was a great coach for for decades yeah. but no one wanted to acknowledge it. Why? Because he wasn't winning Super Bowls. Now he has Patrick Mahomes and he's winning Super Bowls. And people are like, oh, he's a genius now. No, he was always a genius, but you have to have things line up for you to win a Super Bowl. That's why That's why Sean Payton and Drew Brees only have one Super Bowl. Yeah. That's why uh, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson only have one Super Bowl. That's why Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl. It is so hard. It is so hard in the NFL to get a, to get a Lombardi unless you have the best quarterback in the game and then still – several other things lining up for you uh, and that's just the reality here and Steelers fans get spoiled because they have they've had six for 13 years now so I think it's that thing where Patriots fans will start to see that too they'll be like like well wait a second guys we, we gotta realize that un, that unreal round from 2001 to 2019 it won't happen again. Insane. Yeah, it won't happen right, again. right that stuff doesn't happen too often and no. if it did 
then it would just be the Patriots and the Steelers with 30 Super Bowls and no one else would win. Right. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to tell me I'm a Dodgers fan. We just won our first one and since uh, since my birth. You know, like I'm 30. That's the first one I've seen. And we've been there constantly. So I, it's funny because me and Birdie keep telling uh, Double <laughs> that, uh, you know, he's he's in for a rude awakening here pretty soon because I'm the 20, are, uh, I'm 21 years old. So like my yeah. Boston fan through and through my whole life has been pretty blessed in that department. But yeah, I, you, 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 you were born at the right time. I, you got to see <laughs> the Red Sox. Yeah. You got to catch. Yep. You got to see the Celtics win their title with Kevin Garnett. Uh, um, that, that that's a heck of a time, dude. Yeah. Um, and I, they only I got one. But 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 still, but still, to see uh, and one NBA title. Do you know what what Pittsburgh would do to get one World Series win? Like like shoot, oh. like like they, they wouldn't care if it was just one. Yeah. Um. Even and it's it's funny because in my in my time being in Pittsburgh, I've seen five Stanley Cups. I've seen two Super Bowls and I've seen, and I've seen the, the pirates just make the playoffs. Like I yeah. said, that's yeah. um, the, them beating the reds in a, in a wild card playoff game. And that is, that is like the, the thing that my generation has, you know, and technically I was alive when Barry Bonds and those guys in the early nineties were making it to the NLCS. But I mean, I was three years old. I don't remember that, um, yeah. but this town would go nuts with it. So like, that's what well, if the Celtics win one, that's still that's amazing, and, and yeah. So Boston does does get that, but I think it's just a reminder. Like you know, people gotta un- appreciate how magical championship runs are, and all yeah. the things that play into them. And when teams can do it multiple times, like the Steelers have, like the Patriots have, um, like the Cowboys did in the nineties, that stuff is magic. And you document it, talk about it, learn from it, ask questions about it. And that's why the Last Dance was such a great documentary because it just yeah. went through every Phenomenal. single thing that Chicago Bulls did in the 90s and said this was how amazing these teams were. Yeah, and I, I can't wait for the, the Patriots comes out because you know that's going to be something <laughs> in like a decade. <laughs> Get the Last Dance version of that. But uh, I just had one question about uh, the Dwayne Haskins signing. Sure. And that was, do you think the off-field issues – one, are the only thing holding him back, and two, if it's something he can get past. I mean, he is still a young quarterback. He was a first-round draft pick. I personally don't think it's very good. I, I think that Dwayne Haskins' problems are twofold. One, yeah, the off-field problems are a problem, but he is also on the field. He doesn't process defenses well enough, right? Right. And I give this. I am always a person. Like, I, I know, like, like one of the one of the things I would do, oh, this guy's a bum, and that guy's a bum. I will evaluate and say, hey, this guy's not that good, but – I always like to look at a player and say, hey, I think this player can get better. Um, why is it, person, why is he held back? What is wrong with like, I, I that I with Wentz. Yeah. I, like, I don't I I think he doesn't focus enough. And I also I think that a big part of what happened with Dwayne Haskins is that team didn't want him. Dan Snyder forced him on Ron Rivera and that yeah, they, yep. they made it clear we, we, we didn't want this out a few ago that we were and, big on that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think Dwayne Haskins. Now, I'm not saying Dwayne Haskins is just going to come to the Steelers and just flourish. He's got to challenge himself. And I, I think the perfect representative is actually a guy I'm not named after, but it, the person I share my name with, Chris Carter, <laughs> uh, the, the, the Hall of Fame wide receiver from the Vikings. People forget when he was initially drafted to the Eagles, he was a hot shot dude from Ohio State, but he was drinking. He was on drugs. He did a lot of things. He would show up late for practices. He was not a disciplined person. And he had to get, he had to get cut from the Eagles before he learned his lesson and started to clean up his life. And then that's what allowed him to become a Hall of Fame wide receiver. So um, for me, that's that's you. I always give someone a chance to rebound in their life and make a better story for themselves. Would I gamble on Dwayne Haskins doing that? No, I'm one. I'm not much of a gambler Two, uh, uh, I just it's it's tough. To, it's tough to do that. Now, the Steelers are the organization. You're going to get the chance to clean your life up. It's yeah. going to be up to, but it's going to be up to you. They don't baby you. They will, you know, they're not going to issue a curve. We're the same one. And, and that's how it should be. You are right. professionals. You, you, you're, you're held to the standard. If you don't show up early and you don't do the extra things, that's on you, not me. For sure. Yeah, Aikman, I was watching the DP show and Aikman said that uh, he was asking if uh, he ever questioned Irving and his dedication and all that stuff with all the off the field partying. And he goes, no, because he was always the first one there. Like it didn't matter what he did off the field. He put in the work on the field. So I I think that like we talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers are a great organization. And 
he just needs to change. And and I'm I'm big into second chances and looking at what's around you and all that stuff. It's funny, like you mentioned that in in Pittsburgh, everyone wants Tomlin fired. In Philly, everyone thought Wince was the problem. And I'm like, he's not the only problem here, guys. We have right. to look There's at everything. Like, mm-hmm. So it's funny. Uh, we'll see how that ends up for the Steelers. But I mean, if not, they got to steal, you know. Yeah, they, they if 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 things don't work out for them, and here's the thing about Haskins, people, you know, people were asking like, oh, how, how can we bet our future on? They didn't bet nothing on him. They picked him up they for dirt nothing. cheap. Yeah, if, nothing. If yeah. if nothing else, they cut him in training camp, and then you never talk about him again. But if if he comes in, and here's here's one of the sneaky things about this: say Dwayne Haskins, say Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt this year, Dwayne Haskins somehow comes in and has just one or two games where he lights it up has a few big plays and it's, and it doesn't mean that he's going to have a great career, but he has that. Now teams are going to start being like, Oh wait, should we get Dwayne Haskins? Is he good? Is he good again? Kind of like Bridgewater. Right. Like with Teddy Bridgewater. And here's the thing. The Steelers wouldn't have to even trade him. If, if, if after the season was done, if some team picks him up in free agency, guess who gets a first round pick of that? Because (laughs) exactly. And, And again, that's a Supreme long shot. Probably won't happen. But the Steelers now say, okay, we at least have this guy. If he cleans his life up, great. If he doesn't, we lost nothing because of it. So I don't think Dwayne Haskins is that big a deal. I don't think he'll actually come into the Steelers and just light things up. But it's better to have a camp on than to not have a camp on. Yeah, it's actually good to see them trying to address the situation. I think Roethlisberger's at the end of the line. And I always thought he was overrated. But, I mean, he's done great things for that city. He's won two Super Bowls. And so there he gets the respect. But uh, it's it's funny. Do you think he is going to come back next year? And do you think that that depends on how Haskins plays or participates in the offseason? Oh, it has nothing to do with Haskins. He's not even thinking about Dwayne. What, I think Ben's coming back because he is a isn't prideful he person. Is not a lot of money too? Sorry to interrupt you. You're fine. So here's here's the situation with Ben. He is a, right now. He has a forty one point two million dollar cap hit. The Steelers can save up to nineteen million dollars by getting rid of him. The Steelers have said, Art Rooney came out and said uh, last week or two weeks ago now, we're willing to have Ben back, but at a major discount because he's just, he's not, he's not Mahomes. He's not Brady. He's not, you know, he's not that upper echelon of quarterback. They can't afford that with what they're trying to do next year. And Ben Roethlisberger said the same day in a text message to, to some of our writers, Jerry Dulac and Ed Bouchette, he, he was just like, uh, I'm willing to come back on whatever Mr. Rooney says I can come back on. So if that's true, and he's willing to take up to a $15 million, $18 million hit where they spread the money out a little bit more over the next couple of years, that buys the Steelers' time. Because I don't think that with the, the way the Steelers are con- constructed right now, they could trade for a Deshaun Watson and things would be great because they still need to re- revamp the offensive line. They still need a starting running back, and they still need to keep investing into depth on defense. The best move for the Steelers is what I think that is the path I think they're on right now. You extend Ben Roethlisberger in name only because what's going to happen is you're going to move some of that, that $19 million that you can move this year and spread it out over the next three years. People don't realize that in 2022, the Steelers have the most cap space in the NFL. And that's without even calculating a 17th game that's going to get added to the regular season. They've got money over the next few years. And in this upcoming offseason, most likely they're going to lose Bud Dupree, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, and a number of other players to free agency. Guess what comes back their way from that? Comp picks. So in 2022, after this next season in 2021, where we'll see what happens. Do they get an offensive line? Do they get a running back? How much, you know, you know, if Ben stays, what's the offense like? Can the defense stay healthy? Whatever they do in 2021, if they can make a run, if they don't make a run, whatever. In 2022, they will have the opportunity to, A, spend whatever money they want because they will have all the money they want. And B, they should probably have at least, at least two third round uh, comp picks to, to play with. So then, then you're in a situation where you're like, okay, we can either trade to get our quarterback for the future and, and be able to pay him because we have the cash space or B we, we say we're going to trade up in the draft and we're going to get one of those top 10 quarterbacks talking you know, to top 10 pick guys. That's going to be the pillar of our offense moving forward. And that's when the Steelers make the move, but there's no need to rush right now. If you brought in, if you brought a new off, uh, uh, you know, a quarterback in right now, they'd be under pressure the way Ben was this year. There wouldn't be a running game this year. They need to invest in the team around him. And I think Ben, he, again, don't ask him to be Superman. Don't ask him to be Patrick Mahomes. Just 
we hand the ball off, work play action, and be the smart quarterback that avoids the mistakes. Because again, I I think even in that Browns game, if you take away the first, if they took taken a knee for the first four drives where they had four turnovers, they take a knee in those drives. I think they win the game simply because they're not handing the Browns the ball inside yeah. the thirty yard line for you know for, for the entire first quarter. And they do that, I think they end up winning it. That's the key to me. Don't turn the ball over. And Ben needs to accept that. Now, will he accept that? That's going to be a question because Ben has been a prideful guy for most of his career. All right. Well, I think we can end on that. We appreciate the time. Anything you'd like to plug in? Feel free to do so. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Uh, again, my name is Christopher Carter. I'm I'm, an, I'm a pit beat writer and NFL analyst for DKPittsburghSports.com, as well as the host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. You can also find me on Channel 11, WPXI in Pittsburgh, our local NBC affiliate, and Steeler Nation Radio and ESPN Radio in Pittsburgh. Um, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. That's also my Instagram handle. Um, but yeah, subscribe to our Locked On Steelers podcast. I talk Steelers Monday through Friday every day, every day of the week. Uh, if you want to know what's going on in Pittsburgh land there. Um, and again, I'm covering pit basketball right now and having a bit of an interesting season. So all my written works at DKPittsburghSports.com. If you subscribe to that, you get not only do you get the Steelers, you get the Pirates, the Penguins, Pitt, Penn State, and a whole bunch of other Pittsburgh coverage. It's amazing. Check us out there. And thanks again, guys, for having me on your show. Thanks again. Hopefully we can do this again soon. All right. And we're back. Good job, Dubs. Good job, Meech. We woke Meech up at an ungodly hour on the West Coast to do that interview. I woke up and immediately was like, why did we do this? It's a good thing we are separated by an entire country because Meech could have fucking killed me on Sunday. Yeah, I hate mornings with a fiery... I do too, but I was up and ready on that one. I was up and ready. that I was up and ready to go, but I am typically in your boat, Meech. The best part about working from home is I can sleep in a little bit later than I normally would. Yeah, like, like if you got to work like, at 8, you get up at like 7.45 kind of shit. Yeah, like 7.30 because yeah, I like yeah, to take a shower and make yeah, coffee and all that, that stuff. Too. But yeah, yeah, but you know, you don't have to get up like an hour, hour and a half before right. you do all that shit and right. commute. So, but yeah, that morning I was pretty angry. I woke up actually like uncharacteristically early too. I was up at like 9.30 in the morning. And I was just sitting in bed the whole time, but I was... I, you were sitting in bed during the goddamn interview. I yeah, turned off my camera for two seconds, and you're just like, hey, what's up? Laying in bed like a fucking like, move. I was like, this shit is way too early still. It's a le- I don't this know. Motherfucker pressed, this motherfucker <laughs> pressed record and laid back down. <laughs> yeah, I had it easy. I shouldn't complain. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There was something about that morning, like, up until, like, noon that was just fucking tough and then at noon all of a sudden i just got this like crackhead wave of energy and i was just ready super to bowl sunday yeah that's, sunday, probably, sunday, sunday. that's exactly what it was <laughs> all right so let's uh let's get through some of this football news here boys yeah, let's wrap it up here with some football uh the biggest bit of news here was the bucks had their championship parade they were all on boats which was kind of cool I, I fucked with that to be honest yeah uh, i think the lightning did the same shit did they? I when they won that, the cup, yeah, I think they did the same shit. I mean, it's a pretty clever solution, you know. It is, especially like being it. Tampa. Like that's a pretty cool thing, I think. Yeah, I was, I was all about it. Um, highlights from said parade: Scotty Miller dropped Chris Godwin's phone in the water. Ultimate oof! You're like, I mean, for them, <laughs> you may never win another Super Bowl. You're recording fucking yeah uh, shit, and then you just lose your phone. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> that's tough. That's that's tough. Uh, my favorite part was Tom Brady being blackout fucking drunk and getting carried off the boat. Did you guys see that video? No, I did sure not. Did. But sure did, and it made me happy. It made I, me happy too. He's I just down actually- there living it up. He's like, "Fuck it, I got seven. There's a video. He's two other guys, uh, one on his right, one on his left, and he's holding the Lombardi, and he just throws up. He looks at. Looks to his left, looks to his right, and throws up the seven on his fingers while he's holding the, the Lombardi. Just a fucking savage move. Dude, here's the thing about yeah. him, man. Like, and you can tell he's trashed in it. Which yeah, makes like, it all the better. The thing about, I was, when we were right after the game, you know, Sked's a Bucks fan, so who's obviously so hype, and he comes home, and we're talking, and we're watching all the footage and stuff. And I was like, you know, I want to hate the guy because he's so good. But then he's just so likable. 
Yeah. Like, I can't hate him, you know? Cause yeah, it's funny. You get him out of New England, all of a sudden he's a lot more likable. Yeah, he's just so he was fucking likable here. He just, he just couldn't <laughs> talk to national media and everything. But... Oh, no, I was happy to he's see him celebrating for because I feel years. like as a team who won a championship, we kind of got two teams. My Lakers also won. Um, but as, as, uh, as, you know, two teams that won championships, I feel like you kind of got cheated. It was kind of like fun for me to live vicariously through them. You right. Know? Yeah, no, for sure. I know exactly. I remember my first about. term. Okay. Was it on a couch and bad? Because that was how my first time was. <laughs> uh, bad and bad, but close. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it was it funny seeing clips of him being like, you know, stumbling around like a normal person. It was, like, it was, it was, it was just, it, I was entertained by the whole situation. Did you see him throwing the Lombardi trophy? Yeah, dude, Gronk? he just fucking tossed it across the boat to Gronk. He's like, you got it, big guy. <laughs> and when you've won oh. it seven times, you just treat it like, like you're yeah, like, exactly. thing, well, fucking mine anyway. We've, we've been over this before, too. Like, it's not a trophy like like the Stanley Cup, you know. No, that's like it's like that's the problem. I wish all trophies were kind of like the Stanley Cup, so they had like some it's, meaning. You it know? has the Stanley Cup has the whole aura to it. Like the guy comes out with the gloves. And it's, well, I mean, and it's the same trophy that it's been for over. That's what years. I mean. You, like, yeah, and exactly. It, and it's treated that way. Exactly. Like I, I wish that all sports kind of had that trophy because I feel like it just, I don't know, it just makes it like mythical like in a whole nother way it's i don't know i I like that only the stanley cup has that i feel like it's good that the rest of them are hockey gets one up on some one he gets a one up somewhere yeah yeah fair enough i wish i had that job being the keeper of the cup would be so awesome i feel like that's probably such a dope ass job i mean you don't do anything for 363 days a you, year you sit at the hall of fame and talk about it yeah exactly what a dope job and that guy's the man too by the way i can't remember his name but we all know his face and his fucking goofy haircut but i'm pretty sure we man. talked to him when we went to the hockey hall of fame yeah i i gotta get there at some point in my doesn't life. it kind of look like uh al davis's son mark davis or am i just am i picturing that wrong i don't know because i can't picture what he looks like in my in my head I can't picture the two of them. Hold on. Um, similar, I'm, I'm on it. Honest. I'm on it. Bad podcasting, bad podcasting. Sophie's texting me. Why are you texting me? Nah, he doesn't. Stop he doesn't. texting he, me. We're podcasting. Bad podcasting. <laughs> yeah, uh, he kind of looks like I'm a little bit in the face. You're not wrong. You're not yeah. way off. It's just, you know, he's got like this amazing. Guys, we like, got to be on this. Hair. We need. <laughs> pictures of any person that we might randomly bring up in conversation. <laughs> this is amateur shit. You're right. It is. So let's get back to some professional but You know what won't be amateur shit? Huh. Throwing D's, the David Rush story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll work on podcast original. A stone sports original feature. I'll, uh, I'll start working on the screenplay next week. You don't have to. We're using actors that lift it. They just replay those events. I think Meech used to write screenplays in college. I didn't I didn't really go to college, so let's not talk about that. <laughs> All right, any other football stuff you want to talk about before we get out of here? Yeah, Russell Wilson had uh, comments on my boy's show. He was asked if he the would double like... double penetration show? Yeah, the DP show. Uh, yeah, he was asked if he wanted say in personnel moves he was asked kind of those kind of things and basically as inflammatory as russ could be because we all know he doesn't say any he's like jeter he doesn't say anything like his interviews are useless usually right um he said that he would um and because it defines you know your legacy and all that stuff he would it would be nice to have some say in it um russ probably took a tylenol after that (laughs) <laughs> yeah pretty much like he's pretty even kills so the fact that he even said it uh was kind of interesting but yeah it's funny because i feel like the qb's agents all got together at one point were like hey we should just keep re-upping each other's contracts so that every new quarterback is the, the highest paid quarterback i feel like the quarterbacks were like we are the most important person on a football field we should probably have same personal moves yeah let's all do it so now i feel like you're having like a rash of qbs coming out and doing that 
rash of QBs. A rash of QBs. Anything else you want to talk Boom, about? Boom, Fraser. <laughs> tough acting tonight. Uh, tough acting tonight. Uh, there's just a couple minor uh, signings. Uh, Texans long-term team president uh, resigned from his position. He wanted out of Houston. It's going to absolute hell. Uh, Mike Pettin moved from the Packers to the Bears and a move across the NFC North. He became the Bears' senior defensive assistant. Uh, the Vikings also picked up a senior defensive assistant, that being Paul Gunther, former Raiders D coordinator. He got fired by Gruden last year, uh, two seasons ago, sorry. And he worked with Zimmer for six years in Cincinnati. So reuniting with Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. Uh, one thing I forgot from the parade. Uh, did you guys see Gronk joke that KC should sign the guy who ran on the field? <laughs> no. I said he say actually made good. it to the end zone. Oh, Jesus. Tough talk. I mean, he's not wrong, though. He is not wrong Absolute at all. body bag as, wrong. Dude. One of the most overbrayer players in NFL. As the best tight end of he's all not. time, he's he can say not. what he wants to say. He's fucking not. And that's the show this week. Um, also, uh... The Cowboys uh, hype video, did you see this? Excluded Dak? No. <laughs> they released a hype video, did not have Dak Prescott. I bet fans weren't very hyped about it. <laughs> I mean, especially if you see how the team played without him, for That's sure. That's what I mean. They're probably uh, yeah. fucking... Playoff hero Taylor Heineke. The Heineke Two man. years, eight and a half. The man's yeah. getting the bag. Good for Taylor yeah. Heineke. Yeah, the he Heineke. will have a chance to start there, so we'll see what that is. And on Eagles news in the Eagles corner, uh, Eagles might have overplayed their hand. I think they wanted a Stafford-like deal for Wentz, and uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So we'll see what happens there. But I'm Shot sure their load a little too early. Yeah, you know, it's Howie. I'm sure our, you know. Great GM will make a great deal. All sarcasm. He's he's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. The sarcasm was easily detectable. I mean, I know you guys know me, but just for anyone else listening, I really want them to know that he yeah. is the absolute <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can wrap the show up there on another uh, Eagles Minute with Meech. Thanks for listening. Follow us on all the social media. That's Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. It's All Stone Sports Podcast. And uh, take care. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye, boys. Peace. Peace. Night,